I was sitting there. Abdominal region just crushed. My stomach hurt so bad. My legs could barely move. But I knew that I had to finish this hike and reach the highest point in Africa, the top of Kilimanjaro. Find out whether I made it or not. Hey, what's going on? My name is Lewis Angel right here with AE Mind on the Smarter Brain Better Memory Show. And listen, I had to have a really strong mind in order to push myself up this mountain. It wasn't just a physical challenge. It was a really tough mental challenge. I went to Kilimanjaro, to Tanzania, Africa, this past January 2020, right before all the craziness happened around the world, me and a group of 20 individuals, and we hiked up for a week straight up this mountain. And it was honestly one of the best experiences to push my mind to see what I was truly capable of doing. Because I had done other hikes in the past. I've done one hike where it was as intense as this. And that was Everest Base Camp the previous year, 2019, January. I went with the uh, with the same organizer, Nelson Dallas, who's a four-time USA memory champion. Just a quick background, you know, we, we've been competing all over the world together in memory competitions from England to China, representing Team USA together. But he started this foundation called Climb for Memory where he takes people on these journeys. Well, at first it was mainly him, like he was doing this for himself so that he can raise money for Alzheimer's and to help individuals that are having memory issues. So he would do these climbs. He would, he's gone up to the top of Everest. He's gone to the top of Kilimanjaro. The, he's gone to the highest mountains in the world multiple times over and over again. And then he started this organization, Axe Ventures, to now help others do this as well because he saw how, how much of a, a huge shift this an experience like this made in him and his life. So, I mean, look, if this is one of those vehicles that he used to strengthen his mind to get him to become a four-time USA memory champion, I knew that I needed to do something like this uh, to, to also strengthen my mind to compete in these competitions. No, but honestly, I did it more for, it was the personal challenge as far as like whether or not I can push my body to do this. And later on, I'll do another full episode on my Everest Base Camp trek the previous year. But for this one, this was, honestly, it was it was tougher on that last night, on summit night, I must say, than Everest Base Camp. But the overall trek, I felt like I was more than ready to just go and, and run up this whole mountain the whole way up. I had prepared much more for this one than I did for Everest. Because again, I've done several hikes, but nothing as monstrous, <laughs> as gigantic as as, as as these two challenges have been. Um, they've been mainly around uh, hiking areas in Southern California where our elevation doesn't go up too high at times. Now, for the most part, we do have mountains, but I, I, I'm never up there. I just go around trails, park trails. Um, and I'll do long distance hiking, but that was the one main difference that I did training for Kilimanjaro that I did not do for Everest Space Camp 
and that was do more trail and long distance trail hiking because I did a lot of running. Like I would do a lot of one mile runs, two mile runs for EBC and some 5Ks every now and then. <laughs> um, and I thought that was enough. Just keeping on my cardio was enough, but I found that going uphill has almost nothing to do with that. It's it's all thighs. It's all like just upper legs. Um, just picking up your legs over and over and over and over and over again and carrying things on your back that was something I, I did not prepare for the last time. So this time I did a lot more just long distance, a lot more hiking, a lot more let work, leg work. I would do more squats, a lot of lunges, lunges, like just hundreds and hundreds of, of weighted lunges where I would carry 25. I started with like 5 pounds, 10 pounds, and 25-pound dumbbells holding on uh, to each one with each hand. Um, and I would do these lunges, just hundreds of lunges, just preparing my legs. I was like this. I, I'm not going to let my legs affect me from uh, from achieving what I want to do uh, this time around. So I make sure made sure to work out my legs a lot for this hike. Um, so I, I was I, I felt like I was physically and I did a lot of running, but not as much as before. Uh, so I felt like I was more than ready, right? Again, to just run up this hill, just run up this mountain. And then just get to the top, touch the top, take my pictures, do my videos, do the celebrations with everyone. That was the idea. And it felt good for 95% of the way. I really felt good. And it wasn't until that last little portion where I was dying on that mountain. I'll play a clip right here. This is a live clip of how I felt. I'm dying, folks. I'm dying. I don't know if I can make it. As you notice, I was, that was my honest feeling. Like I, I thought I was not going to make it um, at this point. And I'll take you on a, a brief journey. I won't give you the full rundown of every single thing that we did, obviously. But overall, just, you know, what it what it was like to be there um, and, and with everyone else there, my mindset, uh, being on this mountain. But yeah, did I make it? Did I not? Did I fall back? I did, I did make it. <laughs> a spoiler alert, I made it. I'm sure if you've followed me on Instagram, you know that I, I made it uh, to the top. But how I got there, that's a, a pretty interesting story because there was a lot of times where they wanted me, they as in the trainers, the guides, the ones that live on this mountain, the ones that climb this mountain regularly. It's their job to do this. And they can do this barefoot with no jacket, freezing cold. They don't care. They can go up there, up and down. No worries. They were getting scared that I was going to either pass out or just not make it because of the way that my body was responding to the situation once I got up much higher in elevation. Um, but I told them, I'm like, no, you're going to either go down by yourself because I'm going to finish this or you're going to come with me. <laughs> That's what I had told them. Um, but yeah, so I'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But first, uh, let's go back to the journey, the journey of getting here. Uh, it was a pretty interesting one. So we leave. Oh, man. Um, so January 10th, 11th was when everything, what we were supposed to like get there, get situated uh, in Tanzania. And, uh, and just kind of, you know, spend the first day or two there. I, I was going to get there a few days early just to get a little bit more accustomed to to the area, the time zone and whatnot. So what I ended up doing 
I went to Spain for a week. The week prior, I went to Spain. Like my connecting flight was going to go from Spain from Madrid to Qatar, and then Qatar to Tanzania. Um, I got stuck in Qatar, and that was a unique experience because I had never been to the Middle East before, and it wasn't my intention to actually go into the land, like touch down and and be amongst the people there. But that's what it ended up turning to because instead of just doing a quick um, transfer, they my flight was delayed. So then I got there late, and then the flight to Tanzania had already left. So they they put me up in a hotel um, in the city. And so that was a unique experience, just being there, walking around the town. Um, I went to a museum there. That's one of my favorite things to do whenever I'm in a new area, just go to a museum. So I went there, just I, I felt the energy, felt the people there, ate some food. It was a pretty uh, unique experience. And then uh, the next day I ended up going to Tanzania, met up with all my friends, <laughs> all my friends. Uh, there's uh, how many of us? Like four of us that came back from the previous trek, EBC. Uh, and then there was, man, like 15. I brought one friend, Annalette, from California. She had never been on one of these before. So this was her first one. But for the most part, almost everyone else, I did not know uh, about 15. Yeah, 15 others minus the guides. Uh, I, I had never met. So it's first time meeting everyone else there. And, and that's one of the things about these experiences that I like is you you get to meet people from different walks of life, people that you don't normally surround yourself with on a regular basis, and you do have to adjust to that. So that alone can be one of the situations that can strengthen your, your mental stability <laughs> at times. But honestly, for this group, I, I didn't feel like it was a challenge to be around anybody it felt just normal, like as if I have known them most of my life, as if we're lifelong friends from meeting people like Amir to Lugo to Kara to Callie, Pam, Jen, like everybody that was there that I hadn't met before. And obviously all the old timers <laughs> that came back, um, Nelson, me, Randy, uh, Pasang was there, Adam was there from the first time around. So from Everest Base Camp. So we, we all knew each other already. We had experienced something like this before. But everyone else there, again, it, that can be what, because you're now, you're going to be sleeping next to them in tents outside of frigid cold weather every single night for the next several nights, uh, climbing and going through Howard up this mountain. So you, you think you would get uh, very testy, at times, and and there were certain situations actually where I'm not gonna drop names, but if they're listening, they know. Um, they're like people playing music, and then someone else would come early. And they were playing music really early in the morning, like five in the morning, after a long trek, and then someone else would come in and uh, say, "Hey, come on, keep it down. We're trying to get us some sleep. At least an extra half an hour to an hour, let us sleep." So, um, but things worked themselves out. And so it can get testy for some people, but I feel like that that's all that's that's the fun of being on one of these tracks is you, you meet people from all walks of life, different backgrounds that you wouldn't otherwise um, normally probably be hanging out with. And then you guys are doing this journey together. And honestly, all that just strips down. We had a plastic surgeon with us. We had business people with us. We have. 
we had memory people, <laughs> me and Nelson, here climbing these tracks, pianists, you, you name it, construction workers, I think, um, doctors and sales. So we have all these different backgrounds, but all that really just strips down and and all you're left with is you and your the people around you and the mental strength. Like what is it within their mind that's going to allow them to push them past any um, thoughts of quitting when those moments arise, because yes, day one, we're happy. You know, we're, we're going down into the city. We're meeting the locals. We're, we're uh, buying things. We're, we're experiencing the Tanzanian life here. And, and that's all awesome and dandy. And, and we're all smiles. And then the first day comes and you're, whoo, all right, let's go. It's a, a few hour trek up and, and you're all smiles. But then what about day two? What about day three? What, what is it going to, what are you going to do once your legs start, start cramping up? Once you start, you know, not being able to catch your breath because you're going up higher in elevation and, and it's a struggle now carrying this heavy bag on your back, what are you going to do? Are you just going to give up or are you going to keep going? So it, it's interesting to see the dynamic of these different people. And, and for the most part, like we were all on the same page that they said it from the very beginning, the guides, they said it's one team and one dream and we're getting to the top together. And now, unfortunately, we, we did have some people. Um, because we have to take, well, it's highly suggested, nothing, you don't have to do it, obviously, but uh, it's highly recommended that you take some altitude medication before or and before and as you're going through this journey. And we take Diamox, which helps us uh, to acclimate ourselves, I guess. I don't know the full science behind this. All I know is that I take this pill and it's supposed to help me not get um, elevation sickness so or high altitude sickness. And, and yeah, so we're taking um, the majority, almost every one of us took the pill except for one person. He, he did not take it. Um, and this is someone that goes on these tracks regularly. And he was the only one that, that was, that was actually, that had to go back down before uh, summit night, um, because he got altitude sickness. Um, it's very, it's very unfortunate that that happened. Otherwise, you know, he was doing really good. He was, um, he was striking along with us, but then. Those last few nights, he was uh, really struggling. His oxygen levels were not there because they test our oxygen every night. Um, they're not where they're supposed to be, and he was just not getting better. He got really bad. And so they sent him back down. Uh, and then there was another individual that she made it all the way. She was almost there. She was almost at the summit. She she woke up some night. We woke up at midnight that night, and we were there, and then she, she just couldn't make it. Um, but, yeah, overall, I mean – Again, for me, it was just awesome seeing everything, right? Uh, hiking and, and talking to people and getting to know everyone, experiencing this. I did. I, I recorded the whole thing. <laughs> I always get my phone and, um, and I just do little snippets and then I make a little video collage afterwards. So I'm probably showing. If you're watching this on YouTube, you're. Uh, I'm, I'm showing a bunch of clips here. But um, and if you are listening to this, make sure to go to my YouTube and. Uh, I have it on AE Mind, my AE Mind YouTube channel, and also AEMind.com. You can see the journey. But um, yeah, it's. I felt like my body was fine for the most part. The only thing that was hurting was on day one, my pack. I, I, I put a lot of things, like a lot of snacks, a lot of goodies. I brought a lot of good things, <laughs> a lot of uh, things that I normally wouldn't. Chips Ahoy and um, cookies, a lot of. A lot of candy that I bought from Spain. I put it in my backpack. Um, I bought my laptop. I shouldn't have done that. 
um because my laptop got messed up afterward but uh i brought my ipad <laughs> i brought everything that i shouldn't have had but i did and it weighed down on me so day one so i had dislocated my shoulder uh that previous uh, so last summer i dislocated my shoulder and i was hurt my shoulder was done for most of 2019 the rest of 2019 and so it was just now like starting to recover and i was just starting to get more movement and working out my shoulder a little bit more come january and so that I did not take into consideration during my trainings because I was not, I did not have a backpack on at all for my trainings, um, which I should have done because day one with this heavy backpack, my shoulder was hurting so much that I had to just one strap it on my right shoulder and, and carry all this weight on just one arm. So I was taking more breaks than usual. So that was the main thing for me on uh, day one was the fact that I did not prepare well. my I did not prepare my shoulders well for this. Um, so then the next time I made sure to like unload all my, I started giving away food and things that were in my backpack. I put other heavy things in my, um, in my larger duffel bag that the guides and God bless them. We, we had porters carrying our things literally on their backs, on top of their heads. Um, and that was one of the differences between this and, Say Everest Base Camp. Everest Base Camp, we had yaks, like a, a version of a cow. They had yaks carrying all of our stuff, our heavy duffel bags. But here we had people carrying all of our stuff, all of our things, all of our heavy things. They would carry them. Um, and that for me, only that taught me more than anything else. It's like, don't complain about this little backpack that I have and my shoulders. Oh my God, my shoulders are hurting. My shoulder. These guys are carrying like, who knows, man, how many pounds on their backs? Because some people loaded up these bags uh, as much as possible, but like liters and liters, over 100 liters on these bags. And um, they they were carrying them without complaining. And they were going up this mountain just the same as we were. So day one taught me to, well, not overdo it, <laughs> give away everything and, and unload. But then starting day two, I felt myself more in a rhythm. I was not tired. Um it was a few more hours, and 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 once we got to our next point, our next checkpoint uh, where we we're gonna sleep for the night, you know, we unloaded everything, and I felt good. I stretched uh, some more, and I was like, "Yo, I'm doing fine." You know, day three came, day four, like we we're going on on these awesome like goat climbing type of adventures where we're literally like body on the sides of this mountain just hanging on with our fingertips, climbing up the sides of the the hill here, uh, Barranco Wa, and that, that was a fun adventure. I really liked that. Um, and I, my friend Kara, she she did not like that because that's when she found out that she was afraid of heights. I was like, just don't look down. Just look, don't look down. Um, but that for me, that was one of the most fun days, like doing these goat climbing um, adventures. Uh, I love doing rock climbing back home so that was a fun one so overall for me it was a, an, an amazing experience up until and everything was amazing really uh, for what it did to me afterwards but when you're going through it it's not fun sometimes um but the last night the summit night so we get to our final point we're about to ascend to the peaks over 19,000 feet and i'm starting to feel like my stomach is just not at an optimal state the last like day day and a half i wasn't eating too well like i didn't felt 
I felt like if, if I was going to eat too much, then I was going to just barf it. So I, I held back on eating, but it was also because I was just not as hungry, even though I was burning so many calories by going on hour upon hour long hiking treks. I, I wasn't as hungry as I probably should have been. Um, so I, I noticed that something wasn't right. And then as we started, we woke up at 11 p.m. We started going, got ready, started going around midnight uh, on the trek to summit because we wanted to get, there was other groups there. So we wanted to get ahead of everyone else so we wouldn't be stuck behind, you know, whatever, hundreds, hundreds of other people trying to make this, make it up this mountain. I don't know how many people there were, but it's probably over a hundred. Uh, if there was 20 within our group, I'm sure there was over a hundred other people trying to get up this, this trek. So we were just not trying to get stuck behind them. So we went like really early in the morning. So we're going, you know, we're all pumped, ready, ready to go. And then, uh, so it was me and Kara in the back. Um, and we're like taking a, a slower pace to go up this hill. And I was fine with that. I, I was okay with that. And again, though, I, every step that I started taking after maybe hour two, hour three, I noticed that my stomach was hurting. It was hurting more and more every step that I took. And I thought it was just a little stomach ache, so I went off to the side. <laughs> I was like, listen, let's just take a little extended break. I'll go off to the side, take care of some business. <laughs> know what I mean? Um, and come back, and we'll keep going. So I did that, and then I got a little better. But then as we kept going another hour, I was like, yo, this is not good. This is not good for me. Um, and then Carol was also starting to struggle more with with being able to breathe right, and she was just getting more exhausted. And then I, I wasn't tired. She would ask me, aren't you tired? I was like, I wasn't tired. I was just hurting. I was in pain. Um, but I felt like my stamina was okay. My stamina could have kept me going. It was more, I, I was, my stomach, my lower abdomen area was hurting so much. So I was like, let me just go take out another little break, and then I'll go off to the side and come right back. So I went off. I took care of business again, <laughs> came back. And here's the thing, though. Every time I did that and we took extended breaks, you had these people that we were ahead of now passing us by. So you had groups of 10, groups of 15, groups of 20 people now ahead of us. And that was going to slow us down even more because now we had to wait. And every time they and go at their pace and every time they took a break, we had to wait for all of them to step off to the side. So it was it was not good. It was making us stay on this mountain longer than we needed to. I'm talking about Kara and I, because the rest of our group, our 20, were already up ahead. They were way like an hour ahead of us um, because we were taking so many breaks. And a lot of that was my fault, too, because I was not I was like, yo, I'm hurting. And then it got to that point where I was like, I think I'm dying. <laughs> I think I'm dying. At this point, we're like an hour away from Stella Point. And Stella Point is that's the the point, the checkpoint, where if you wanted to turn back down, you can. You've gone pretty high up, but this is not the peak. This is not 19,341 feet yet. Uh, so you got a little bit. You probably have a, an hour more to, to trek before you hit the, the heights, the uh, the peaks of Kilimanjaro. Um, but it's still a good accomplishment, but obviously we're not going to just stop there. So Carol was Carol was dying, and I was also just like, man, I don't know if I can keep going. And we're both trying to just motivate each other, like, no, yes, we can, yes, we can, we got to do this. The sun was coming up, um, and we're like, all right, let, let's let's go. And she went off, and she ended up finishing or getting to Stella Point first, um, and and then I get there, uh, but I, that was a oh my god, I had my bag, my dig pack on me. 
And my guide was trying to take it away from me. And I was like, no, 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 no. I, I want to do this. I'm in pain, but I'm, I'm going to finish this with my backpack. I started with my backpack. I'm going to finish this with my backpack, even though I was hurting and I probably should have been as stubborn as I was. So I did this and I was like, all right, huge relief, but we still had more to go. And also here came Pam. Pam is Kara's mom. So they wanted to finish together and summit together. So that was a awesome thing to see for them to meet each other at that point. And then um, I saw them and then they went off. I was like, no, you guys just go. I'm going to rest here for a little bit more because our team, our main team, the rest of our team had already came back. They they had summited, gone all the way down and came back to Stella Point. I thought that we were all going to go together. Like I thought they had just reached Stella Point, but no, they had already returned from summiting. And so I was like, oh, damn, I'm so far behind. Like all these little breaks, my stomach hurting, my legs, like everything. I was like, yo, I don't, I, I'm starting to be a little doubtful because I'm like, I should not be up this high with this little oxygen. I have breathing problems as it is. So you can see how this is now becoming more of a physical challenge and more of a mental. I'm like, okay, do you have it in you? I'm not just talking about do you have the, the physical strength? Do you have the mental strength to keep going? And for me, the answer was a 1000% yes. I had to keep going. I was not going to quit. So I was like, uh, I remember Randy, Randy came and he's like, yo, take these pills. I still to this day don't know what he gave me. It's supposed to make me feel better. And they did, just not during the hike. Yeah, actually, I, I felt better like right after summiting and coming back down. I felt a lot better. Um, but uh, yeah, he gave me some stuff. It was funny. I was like, yo, just give me whatever. I was trying to get like Pepto-Bismol. I was trying to take anything, honestly, at this point. But um, but yeah, they they headed back down and and uh, and then I went off with my guide Stephen, and so we're going, we're going, and then I start I start getting frustrated because I cannot go the way that my mind is telling me to go. You know those moments when you're like, you know you can do something, your mind is telling you you can. Your body that sounds like an R. Kelly song. My body, my body, is telling me no. So my body is telling me like, yo, you better turn around. Um. So my body's telling me, no, I can't, I, you cannot do this. But I was fighting. I was fighting every single inch of this snowy field. I was fighting. Every step that I took, I was fighting mentally and physically. I started like stripping down my clothes. Like, so I'm, my body gets, gets warm very easily and it does not like being in the heat. <laughs> um, I, even at night, like everybody's all cold and I'm like half naked in my sleeping bag because <laughs> I'm, I just, I don't do well with the heat, even though it can be cold for everyone else. So I'm like starting to strip down. Like it's pretty cold up there. Actually, it's, it's really cold. You're at, well, you're at the highest peak in, in Africa. So it, it's really cold, uh, snow everywhere, a little bit of wind, not too much wind, uh, but but yeah, so I'm starting to strip down all my clothes. My I took down my jacket, my snow jacket. I'm taking things off. I just have like this really thin long sleeve. That's that's all I had because I was getting frustrated that I could not just run to the finish line. And so that probably made my body a little bit hotter. I don't know. I'm, this is all bro science here. But but yeah, that and and also I was like, yeah, I was physically getting warmer and I was also just mentally just not I was frustrated with not being able to just finish like I wanted to. Like I had envisioned myself. Like I had the vision of just going, finishing, celebrating with my with my friends like we did uh, for Everest Base Camp. We all finished together. So that was the vision. That was the goal from day one. One team, one dream. And for me to not do that, it, it, 
did it did get to me, honestly, um, because there was a point where I was just laying there in the snow wanting to go, but I couldn't because every step that I took, I felt like my abdomen was just getting crushed more and more. Um, and so my guide, like all these guides started to come around me, all these professionals, they live on this mountain. They're like, they gave me the psychological test. What's your name? Where are you from? You know, where are you going? All these things to make sure that my mind was was fine because remember, we had just had somebody the night before, two nights before, uh, get sent back down because he was having high altitude sickness. And so they thought I was also probably experiencing that. But I was like, yo, no. Like, I'm pretty mentally sharp here. Um, yes, I'm frustrated, but my mind is fine. I, I, my name is Luis Angel from California, and I'm going to freaking Kilimanjaro Summit. <laughs> That's what I told them. With or without you guys, I'm going. And they were trying to convince me to go back down and this and that. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to finish. Um, and it was interesting because there was that one moment where I was just laying there in the snow, in the cold snow. Um, I took off my gloves and I, you know, had my glasses on and, and Kara and Pam came. They had just came back from summiting, so they were coming back down to Stella Point. And I remember just seeing them and I got really happy for them doing this because this was their number one goal was to finish this together and they did that they accomplished this and that made me extremely happy and then they started encouraging me to go through that like, you're almost there you're almost there come on just a little bit more and i remember telling them like yo i can't wait for you guys to show me your photos of your summit when i get back down they're like yes you can do it get up come on you got this and that's when i did answer to the guys like hey yo I'm going, you can turn around, you can go back with them or you can come with me. And that's when my guide Steven said, let's go, let's do this. And I told him 10 steps, we're doing 10 steps and we're taking a break. It might take us two to three hours, but we're doing this. That wasn't the smartest thing to do because again, low oxygen is not good for the brain. You need, your brain needs oxygen, so that's not good. So you thought, the longer you're up here with this, at the higher elevations, lower oxygen levels, it does not do good for your for your blood and your oxygen levels. So, and your brain actually, your brain cognition levels it, it is just not great. So this was not a smart thing to do for me, especially because I'm the memory guy. <laughs> I should not have done that, but I did it out of stubbornness, out of just sheer will and determination to finish this. So as I'm going ten steps, taking a break, ten steps, breathing, <sighs> ten steps, just see, just taking in also the scenery. It looked awesome. Just seeing the clouds meshing with the, with the snow at the bottom, like white clouds meshing in with the snow, the white snow. Um, and then finally, like the, the sign is nowhere to be found at this point. It's just snow, snow, hills, hills, mountain. That's all. Uh, you're seeing clouds. And then there's like the steep last little bit. And then my guy Steve is like, just over that hill, you'll see the sign just over that hill. I'm like, all right, man. And then so I, this is when I'm starting to get more motivation to go. I'm like, screw it. Screw the pain. I'm going to go. And that I, this is when I just went boom, 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 a little bit faster, a little bit faster. I went and right over the horizon of the hill, you see the sign, the Kilimanjaro sign, the 19,341 feet in the air sign. And I was like, dang, this is it. I made it. We made it. We did this together because I could not have done it without him, without my guide and without the other you know, people that were on this hike with us, not only my teammates, but also the porters, the people that carried the stuff with us, um, the people that made our meals every night and every day, 
the people that literally cleaned our crap, we would take the buckets of crap and dump it and come back. And like all everybody, everybody that was there with us made this happen, made this track. So that I, I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I did shed a tear as I was approaching the sign because of everything that I went through, everything that we went through. And I started thinking about my family back home. That's a huge encouragement for me always. So my family, my mom, my, you know, all the struggles that she's been through, all the struggles that my family had been through, has, has been through, um, just friends that are no longer with us. Uh, all, all these thoughts, my, my puppy that I knew I was, my husky, I've had her half my life. So I knew that I was going to be putting her away really shortly um, after this. So I was thinking about her and like, I, honestly, I got all these flood of emotions just started coming on onto me as I was approaching the sign. I finally touched it and huge sigh of relief, just happiness. All these emotions uh, came down on me at that point. I was really excited, really happy. But what it taught me more than anything else was to never give up, no matter how, how hard things seem, to just always finish. Finish, even if you're the last one to finish, which I was, and I shouldn't have done it, but I did it. Um, even if you're the last one to finish, it doesn't matter. You finish. You go. That's what this trip taught me more than anything else was that I, I do have it within me. Because Everest Base Camp, I finished with the first group. We're there together. We're celebrating. We're having a good time. Um, for me, honestly, on that summit night, because we, we had just done a, a much harder trek the night before, the day before, um, and so Summit Forever Space Camp, once we got there, I didn't even know that we were there. I, I turned up and I was like, hey, I, was, I did a little video and I was like, hey, how much longer until we reach the summit? They're like, hey, we're already here. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> um, so that one was a little more anticlimactic than this one. This one, once you got to the top, you knew you were there. Like you felt it. You physically knew. Your body could not have gone any more than where you were at at this point. So... So yeah, for me, it was awesome to know that at one point in this time continuum, this space-time continuum that we are on, this plane of existence, at one point in time, I was the only one, the only person on earth to be at the highest point, the highest peak in Africa, no one else could have claimed that at that exact point at that exact time there was no one else besides my guide there was no one else there and I was the only one at, at that point that was amazing for me because yes I would have wanted to finish this with everyone else and enjoy this and have that celebration with the rest of my teammates and also I think this this was a unique experience in and of itself that I needed to have because I had the other already I had experienced that with on, a, on that previous trek. So I think I needed to. And that's the biggest realization for me that I'm not, I don't like saying this too often, that everything happens for a reason. I have mixed feelings about that saying. There can be some consequences to your mental if you just rely on that saying too much. I, I feel, personally, that, that's what I feel. If I say that too often and I'm like, oh, well, I, I was lazy today and I didn't get anything done today done. So everything happens for a reason. Something else, something good might come out of this. Like I rely on that. If I rely on that too much, then it would give me an excuse to keep certain patterns that are not as productive as I know that I am capable of uh, within myself. Anyway, 
But there are other times where things do happen for for a particular reason that at, when you're going through that hard time in your life, you're asking, you're pleading with the higher power, God, whatever you believe in, you don't believe in. You're just, you're, you're wondering why. You're talking to yourself. You're like, why am I going through this? This is whole, so hard. Why do I have to go through this? But then you look back once you're on the other side and you're like, man, I'm so glad I went through. Or maybe not. You probably still hate the fact that you went through that. But at least for myself, I'm like, I'm glad I went through that. So I know what that feels like because now I personally can anchor that into myself. And whenever I'm going through something and I know that I, I have more, more effort within me than what I'm actually putting out into certain projects, I just think back to those times where I could have given up. And I thought about it because everyone around me was telling me to, but I was like, uh, no, how about you guys give up and I finish this alone. <laughs> um, so I do carry that forward a lot in my everyday life. And it's really how, it's, especially right now during these times where we're living in an, an age of uncertainty because of all the lockdowns, the pandemic, and it's, it's a real life crisis that everyone around the globe is going through. But for me, what's, What's grounded me more than anything was that experience that I went through, um, that struggle of almost not making it, even though you're inches away, but finally like finishing. That that was an amazing feeling that I carry forward into a lot of projects that I'm doing now. Um, but yeah, so I finished, <laughs> and then we came back down. I, I met up uh, with Kara and Pam. They were at Stella Point once I got back down, and so we met up. We hugged. You know, maybe shed some tears, <laughs> and then uh, we went down together. Kara was starting to get some uh, high altitude sickness as well, so she was on oxygen tank once we got back down the hill. Um, and I say hill <laughs> loosely here; it's a mountain. Um, they put her on on oxygen. They gave her some medication, and she she was not doing good. So I felt really bad for her. Um, but yeah, when, once we got back down, my body started getting and feeling a little bit better. I was sick for maybe a few more days. And then afterwards, I got really terribly sick. Um, so I thought I had coronavirus. I thought I had COVID-19. And I, I took the antibody test like a few months later because I thought I had it. Um, and I didn't. I did not. I have not had it yet. Um, but yeah, I th this was an amazing adventure. I can't wait to go on another one, honestly. Especially now. It, like It's funny because in the moment, a lot of us, are, we, we talk about it. At the beginning, we're like, yeah, this is going to be fun, and we can't wait to go on another one once this one's done with. But w when you're in the middle of it, it, it can suck. I'm talking about the certain aspects of it can suck. Like, you, you don't, yeah, I mean, you're not comfortable, at least. A lot of people are not comfortable with sleeping in tents in the middle of the night on a mountain where it does get cold no matter what. Like, for me, yes. I'm probably someone that just enjoys it more than others, the cold. But it can get cold, and and it's it's an uncomfortable situation. You're not eating the meals that you more than likely would be eating at home. Um, you're not around the people that you are normally around at home. You're not, you know, so you're you're missing a lot of your a lot of the things that you're used to back home that you're more comfortable with, and so. There are certain times, especially maybe the day before, two days before, where we're having conversations and we're like, yo, this is the last time I do something like this. Um, not because I did not overall like it, but just because I, you know, it takes about two weeks out of your 
out of your life, two to three weeks, depending on where you go to. And because of the flying, you've got to pack, you got to prepare, you got to do all these different things, the before, the afters, the durings. Uh, so it's not just like that one week adventure. You get, there's all this before and after prep and the packing, the traveling, you got to rest now and all this stuff uh, before you can go back to normal life. And so do you want to be away from everything for two to three weeks out of the year, possibly a month? Uh, and I think now though, looking back at it, even though like Doreen, you're like, nope, this is my, I told Nelson, I go, Nelson, I've done two. I'm done. I'm tapping out. This is my last one. <laughs> um, like, yeah, sure, buddy. And then soon after, we're in our group chats and we're like, hey, when's the, when's the next one? <laughs> I was the first one. Like, hey, when's the next one? Um, but a bunch of us that said, that had the same mindset. And now we're like, hey, Nelson, fill us in on the details for the next one. Like, Carol, Pam, and I definitely want to go back. And Annalette wants to go back on another one. Um, so, and especially right now, because we're, we've all been, I think now, overly just literally quarantined uh, and within our bubble of comfort zone that we want to escape it now. Uh, and so I feel like I, I definitely want to go back on another adventure like that soon. Um, so hopefully we can. I think uh, Nelson's talking about doing Kilimanjaro again in December. I'm not going to do that. Um, but I definitely want to go on another trek. I'll, I think I'll do Everest Base Camp again because that for me, I wasn't prepared at all. I mean, I no training like minimal, like I said, just um, some running here and there, but it wasn't like I was actually training, training. I didn't buy, I did not bring a sleeping bag. I did not bring like almost anything there. It was, everybody was making fun of me because I had just like, yo, I'm a Southern California boy. You know, I'm, I'm used to just beach weather all day, all night. <laughs> um, so I, I was not prepared. And, uh, and yeah, so I, I just want to go more physically prepared than I did the last time. So I, I, I want to do EBC one more time and maybe another mountain. But yeah, for me overall, I think this has helped me to be more, to pay more attention to my body, to train more, to be more healthy. And for my mind, it's strengthened my mind so much. So if you guys ever want to go on one of these treks, I'll put the links in the description on where you can find out more information or just send me a message. Uh, anywhere on Facebook, Instagram, you can find me at, at ae.mind. AE find me at, at Lewis Angel Life on Instagram. Uh, you can email me, lewisangel at aemind.com, uh, or you can visit Axe Ventures, uh, the website. I'll post a link in the description as well. So, yeah, that was my adventure, my Kilimanjaro 2020 adventure. Um, it was fun. It was amazing. Can't wait to do it again. To do something else. Not that one. I don't want to do Kilimanjaro again, but I will do something else again. So, all right. Keep learning. Keep growing. This was uh, one of those little side stories. I'll, I'll have one more of these. Do my Everest Base Camp one. Um, but yeah, peace out.